Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution expert, mom, creator, and entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious, but most of all, we are human, and these are our stories. Welcome back to another episode of Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, and today we have Ari Hill from Hell Yeah, and she's going to be telling us all about her business, her journey as an entrepreneur, and how she does the most. So Ari, can you go ahead and give us a little bit of introduction and background about you and who you are and what you do? Yeah, so first, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, my name's Ari Hill. I'm a business and mindset coach and tech nerd mom. <laughs> um, and I got started in business around, well, I currently have a coaching business. It did multiple six figures last year. I believe I always forget the number. It's either 650 <laughs> or 680K, but we were in the 600s last year. And that's Thank you. Thank you. And that's special to me and achievement to me because it's the most I've ever made in a year in my business. And it was also with a new offer in a completely different direction than when I had started. But I'm mentioning that because later on, we'll talk about like the shift I made (laughs) this year also from that program. Um, But I got started around 2014 as a virtual assistant. And I was like managing inboxes, calendars, just doing like one-off odd tasks. I shifted from that after a few years into being a project slash launch manager. And then around 2018, 2019, I walked away from that. And that was, you know, really good six figures, really high profit margin, you know, project base or retainer. I didn't have many expenses. Uh, so it was like, it had, pros, it had its pros and cons, but uh, overall it was like, it's a really good bag. Um Walked away from that for, you know, various reasons, which we can talk about. And uh, I actually left, I actually sold like that list in that part of my mm-hmm. business. And I was intending to get a job. I was going to actually leave entrepreneurship. And so while looking for a job and kind of figuring out like, what skills do I have and how do they transfer over into, you know, the tech industry, I got on Twitter And I just started, you know, hanging out with tech Twitter, talking about business. I saw a really big gap between what people were sharing on Twitter and like good, accurate information. And also Mm -hmm. just with a nine to five, you can actually freelance as a side hustle or seeing freelancers really struggling to grow their business or dealing with a lot of stuff that, you know, I feel like is just unnecessary or they don't have to deal with. And my audience grew pretty quickly. So then I, you know, I went, I went, I started consulting. Then from consulting, I did uh, coaching and programs and then landed on the program I have now. And here we are <laughs> eight years later. <laughs> awesome. I'm loving this journey and we're definitely going to unpack that a little bit. So you mentioned, you know, 2014, you started as a virtual assistant. How did you discover this role? Because I think a lot of people, um, I'm actually realizing like even this year, 2022, some people don't even know what a virtual assistant is. So can you say like, how did you get from there? Was it something that you 
um, learned in school, discovered through another channel. So tell us, I would love to hear about a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, I think what's different about my story, well, maybe not different, maybe it's common, but I never sought to be an entrepreneur. It was nothing I ever heard about growing up. I, you know, my family is, my dad's African-American and my mom is from Brazil. My mom has a Catholic upbringing and is Latin Mm -hmm. and my dad's a Marine. So it was always, you're going to college and you're smart. So you should be a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, something like that. But, you know, never, no one, even though I was teaching myself like how to build websites and like was always at my computer from like a very young age, like eight, nine years old, Mm -hmm. you know, I taught myself how to build websites uh, at 12 years old, you know? So even though I had those skills and interests, like the tech was never on the table, right? Cause the mm-hmm. you know, web designing was just too new. It was like too risky. Um, and I wasn't good at math. So I didn't think, you know, computer science would be a good thing, but you know, be a lawyer, be a doctor, go to college, go to college, go to college. And I got to college and I realized like, I hate this. <laughs> I hate so that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And through school, through like elementary, middle school, high school, I was always a really good student. I was in the gifted and honors programs, but school was, you know, I was silently struggled because I was undiagnosed ADHD. And the way that, you know, it manifested for me wasn't in hyperactivity. It wasn't in being talkative, you know, all the, like the stereotypical manifestations of those symptoms Mm -hmm. I didn't have at all. It was more so, uh, you know, time management and my thoughts and getting work done or, you know, the, the last minute doing things last mm-hmm. minute. And so, you know, I would hit my A's and B's, but it like, it really took a toll on me, but nobody noticed, right. Nobody noticed because I was still yeah. achieving, but when I got to college and I didn't have the strict structure structure from my parents and my teachers, I really like I didn't even recognize myself. You know, I started to like fill out. I couldn't make decisions. I was just partying. You know, it was, it was a lot not having that structure and routine and, you know, consequences basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, I, I mentioned that because, because I didn't do well with college initially, I just started working. And so, you know, from 18 years old, I I had a job since I was really young from babysitting to, you know, odd jobs and stuff was always working. But once I, once I turned like 18, I started managing hair salons and I started as like a receptionist and then quickly moved out to like manager mid twenties. I just felt lost, you know, I think like 23, 24, I was just feeling lost. Like, God, you know, what am I doing with my life? I had all this pressure, you know, being a baby in (laughs) twenties. I'm 33 now. So I look back, I'm like, God, you were such a baby that all that pressure you put on yourself. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I had many interests, but I didn't know what was available and what was out there. So at the time, my parents, my dad got a job transfer to Seattle. I moved back home. I enrolled back in school for web design. And I got a job managing a medical device company in Seattle. So I was running nice. like everything there. And I had a lot of free time at that job because it's like I had one to two hours of work and then... Mm-hmm. but I couldn't leave I had to stay for the rest of the day so you know I get some homework done and then I just started browsing uh there was a specific moment where it was a summer day and um I was looking outside my window and I like finally got my office with the window I could close my door it was like a big deal and I'm looking at the window and I'm like 
damn, I wish I could go outside. It's such a beautiful day. I wish I could just shut down and go outside for the day and just, you know, hang out by the lake. And then I was like, damn, you like, you have like 40 plus years of wishing you could be outside doing what you wanted to do. And, you know, having to feel grateful for two weeks off. And I'm like, there's 52 weeks in a year and I get two off. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something different. You know, I want to be able to like make more money and have more time to do what I want. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. So, you know, that night I went home and I Googled, you know, how to make money online and all, you know, all this stuff comes up and I eventually stumbled upon this program that it's not around anymore. And I actually don't really like the company anymore. ended up working for them. So I'm not Mm going to mention them, but I stumbled upon their program and it was okay. It was like an okay program. I think my, the biggest thing I took away from it was like mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's like the beginning of my mindset journey, but the owner of that course uh, sent an email out like a month later saying, Hey, I'm going to be in Seattle. I'm going to do a small group, you know, small group mastermind. If you want to, you know, come have tacos and hang out and network and stuff and, you know, figure out your next steps for your business, then, you know, come to this. And it was a hundred dollars. And at the time I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Early twenties, hundred dollars <laughs> is like a, a million. Yeah. And I'm super introverted. I'm a homebody. I don't like, I get, you know, social anxiety being around people that I don't know. And, you know, the person it's, you know, it, it was, fuck it. I'll say he was a white guy, you know? So I I was nervous about what type of, you know, people were going to be around. Is it going to be, you know, like that, that type of event, or was it going to be cool in a safe space to be in? So, um, I didn't even have a car at the time. I remember I was taking, I I bought my ticket and I was like, all right, I'm just going to go. I'm scared, but I'm going to try something new because I'm not really making much progress with this. And I want to, you know, start making at least an extra like 200 bucks. So I can go out to dinner and go see a movie, you know, there's a baby both. Um, (laughs) so I was taking the bus on the way there and I was texting my ex at the time, like, I'm just going to go home. Like, I don't want to do this. You know, it's probably going to be dumb. He's like, you're already there. Just go show up. If you feel weird, then leave. Uh Okay, whatever. I go and there ends up being like another black woman there. So I was like, all right, cool. (laughs) It's weird. And she ended up being really cool. And some of the other people that were there ended up being really cool. And I actually keep in touch with some of them still to this day. Um, and so like they started us off with shots to, you know, break the ice and stuff. So at, at that event, you know, I was talking about my skill sets, which were mostly like admin and ops and, you know, team. And they're like, have you heard of a virtual assistant? And I was like, no, what's that? And they go, oh, well, you know, it's basically what you're doing now, but you're not tied to an office. You can just like help people out and be their assistant through your computer and anywhere in the world. And I was like, oh yeah, like, I think I can do that. And so, you know, I was like, well, what are some things they, that, you know, they can, that they can do. They're like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, like manage email inbox, their calendar, bookkeeping, you know, basically anything you would do in an office on your, like from home. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, cool. And so then the owner of the event said, well, is there anyone here who needs a virtual assistant a few times a week? Three people raised their hand. Look so those that. are my first three clients that I got <laughs> from that event. And then I ended up working with the owner of the event and their company for a year. So 
that's, that's really how I got started. And I went from making like $16 an hour to 25 an hour like within like that event. And, uh, I think within three months, this was a mistake on my end, but within three months I left my job because I had more than doubled what I was uh-huh. making at my job, but I should have stayed at that job because <laughs> no, I'd love to hear that because, because I think there's a big, um, trend around like quit your job, jump into entrepreneurship, yeah. freedom, freedom, freedom. So I'd love to hear, you know, what was your head? Like now looking back, hindsight is always 2020. So now looking back, why do you say you should have stayed at the job? You know, this may be super valuable to some of the listeners out there. Yeah. So I, I, instead of having two streams of income, I narrowed it down to one. And that oh. job was a five figure a year job, which wasn't bad. Uh-huh. It was easy. So I could have worked from the office and you know uh-huh. worked on my business there. Um, my boss at the time was just super supportive of anything I wanted to do. So, you know, I could have gotten paid to get certified in a bunch of basically anything I wanted, you know, Uh I could make, if I could make a case that we could use it within his business, that he would have paid for it for me to learn and, you know, get certified or whatever. And, you know, he was the type of boss that, you know, as long as like things are running and going well, you know, I don't care really what you do. Um, also I had a great benefits package with him company. And so I didn't, you know, people talk for our work week, but they don't talk about this part where your private insurance is very expensive, especially if you're based in the U S where yep. our health system is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's criminal. Our, you know, our insurance is, you know, a scam. It's like, it's so expensive. And then on top of that is taxes. So yeah, yeah, I was making 25 an hour, but my first tax bill for the year was 20 grand. <laughs> yeah, because they don't tell you about that 1099. No, like, and I had oh, spent the money. Nope. I had spent the money because I thought that was all mine. And then I'd get a letter from the IRS. I didn't even have to file anything because my client did it on their yeah. end. They had like, oh, we paid for this much. So you better recognize. Yeah, so yeah, I got, don't got this money. Like, what the hell? 20, like, where am I going to get $20,000? So, you know, instead, and especially being in my 20s where I had more energy than I do now. Yeah. For sure. I didn't have a kid yet. You know, I, my relationship was like, whatever, like he was supportive in the sense that like, it didn't bother him that I was working all the time. Mm-hmm. I should have been way more strategic. I should have kept that job for as long as I could, you know, <laughs> rock out with it. You know, I got two weeks paid, but my business could float any other time I wanted to take off. Cause you know, yeah. my boss was supportive in that sense. So if I did want to travel, cool. I'm not going to pay you for not being here, but I wouldn't take a hit and not be able to pay my bills because my business could float me. Um, You know, I could have skilled up, leveled up and really had two salaries and, you know, saved or reinvested, you know, looking back now, and, you know, like at that time, Bitcoin was uh, getting popular. I could have bought a bunch of Bitcoin and become like a millionaire. <laughs> Instead yeah. of doing, I don't even know what I did with the money now. So, um, you know, I say that to say, like, I could have been much more strategic and intelligent with my moves and my actions. I could have, you know, had more cash savings. I could have invested in, you know, stocks, real estate, and, mm-hmm. you know, cryptocurrency, whatever it is you want to invest in. And, you know, I had a job that was not bad, you know, and people don't tell you also like how lonely it gets 
on this journey. Like, sure, you can work from wherever, but the fact of the matter is you most, you really end up working from home and you're by yourself all day. And if you're somebody who has to manage mental health struggles, being home alone all the time and nobody to really like get you out the house, get you fresh air, you know, that will take a toll on your mental health. You know, like there were times that I realized where I didn't leave the house for weeks, for weeks, like I was Same here. inside <laughs> for weeks and it's so unhealthy. And then not talking to real people, like face-to-face engaging mm-hmm. and stuff, it takes a toll as well. And, you know, I didn't realize like Seattle is also a, a weird city where it's like hard to make friends. People aren't very mm-hmm. like open and friendly there. So I was, I cut off like my social interaction by leaving school again and like not going to the office and being around people. Um, So yeah, looking back, you know, I, it was a huge opportunity cost and like nobody talks about that when it comes to this whole like, you know, work for yourself, four hour work week mentality is (laughs) it can come at a cost, a very big expensive cost. Yeah, and I I love that. And I want to just, you know, really highlight two or three things that you just said because it's one you don't know what you're signing up for and so just be mindful of if you can work your day job as well as still continue your business or your side hustle do that and I think that um I don't want to call it a trend but that is coming back where more people are talking about multiple streams of income you know there's a tweet that went viral a couple of days ago this guy's working at two different you know big tech companies and he's making like seven hundred and ten thousand dollars a year Um, I don't have to because another thing also is like with these goals like people want the seven figure business they want to hit multiple six figures whatever Mm -hmm. they can but there is it is there's a cost to growing your business and it's financial and mental and physical Mm -hmm. so and it's like people don't talk about that but you know we did 680 last year but I drove myself crazy I made myself mentally ill behind the pressure and stress I put on myself to hit those numbers. And I wasn't working a lot, right? I was working like 10, 15 hours a week Mm -hmm. last year. Um, My program is very automated. It was really like mental pressure that I was putting on myself. And I made myself very, very sick, pushing and pushing for this stuff where, you know, I don't blame people who decide to keep a job because you get to make the money without the pressure of, I have a team that's relying on yeah. me, the clients that are relying on me. Yeah. And, and I would like to say, you know, you get to go home almost, right? Like, <laughs> you know, as an entrepreneur, like if you're, if you're working from home, living from home, your family's at home. And I think um, this really hit me personally, you know, during the pandemic, I'm like, these four walls is all I got. And I'm saying, I went stir crazy. And it, you know, cause I felt the loneliness before, but during that time, you know, we become antisocial. I remember my first, you know, I, I am a self-identified extrovert and people always, you know, rec- um, recognize me as somebody that's extroverted. I love to talk. I love to interact. I love to just shoot my shot and go out to people. The first event post-pandemic, I didn't even, I, I, literally, I felt such anxiety being around people. Like, I just, I was just like, why are they here? People wanted to talk to me. I'm just like, please back up. I wore my mask <laughs> and it was in Miami. Folks were looking at me like I was crazy. I eventually took it up. But I'm just like, I, and I had to sit down. I was physically exhausted yeah. because of the amount of energy that was now circulating in the room. And I, and I couldn't understand. I was like, am I not an extrovert anymore? Like, why am I right, having who am I right now? <laughs> like, who am I right now? 
And so, you know, it definitely does get lonely and we have to be more strategic. And when we, you know, jump to say to people, oh, quit that job or, oh, you need to make a six figure business, a seven figure business, like everyone's pace and um, speed is completely different. And I think we have to start acknowledging that again. And, you know, that's one of the purposes of the show is entrepreneurs, we, we are doing the most literally. And sometimes we don't have to. And we see like the hustle culture out there, like, you know, no sleep and work hard and stay up nice. You can sleep when you're dead. Yeah. You're gonna die if you don't sleep. You're like, gonna literally. die. You really are. <laughs> like you will die. I promise. <laughs> you're making your own bed with that statement. So, you know, I really love that you're being so open and sharing that with us. So now I want to fast forward to 2018, 2019, um, where you left like the the virtual uh, assistant work and left that industry you said you made like a pivot um from that and you were looking for now a full-time job um why was that now you're making this next change you're kind of not going backwards but you're going back to something more you're going forward into something more stable what drove you to that point yeah so building a business off of being a launch manager it wasn't uh it wasn't in alignment with my lifestyle and it wasn't supportive of like my mental health. And so like mm. I now, right. Diagnosed depression, diagnosed anxiety, diagnosed ADHD. And with launching, you have like, it's high pressure, especially when you're mm -hmm. working with like bigger clients who, you know, we're spending like thousands and thousands of dollars on just ad spend alone. And then, mm -hmm. you know, putting two to 300 invest, uh, two to 300 K uh, sorry, two to 300,000 into uh, the launch, just one launch for the, this business. You know, it's, it's a pretty considerable investment for, you know, where people's revenue is and launches aren't guaranteed to work. You can do everything right. You can repeat exactly what you did last time where it worked really, really well and get a completely different result because your variable is people. And you never know how people are going to react, whether like, I remember yeah. we had a launch and uh, I think Trump announced that he was going to run for president and our launch tanked because everybody was distracted by the news. Nobody was paying attention to their inbox, social media, nothing like they didn't care. Like, you know, so it's like things can happen outside of your control that will, you know, it just shifts the launch and it is what it is, which I, you know, so building my business off of like something high stress like that was not supportive for someone who deals with depressive cycles, somebody who is just naturally anxious and on high alert and adrenaline pumping. Um, I feel like it didn't really impact my ADHD because I- Like I it said it almost, like doing a lot of things at the same time. It's like, whoa, yay, we get to play. Yes, exactly. So like, while, while having ADHD is suited for like fires and problem solving and organizing things and getting things together, at least how it manifests for me, it came at the cost of burning out like my adrenals and thyroid. And then I had a baby. So mm -hmm. now it's, you know, I have a kid. I'm, you know, it's just me. You know, dad's not involved. It doesn't help financially or anything. So I'm the sole provider. I'm the sole caretaker. I have a business and my mm -hmm. business is based around hard deadlines and due dates and a lot of stress. And, you know, I'm, I'm five, six, five, seven. I'm naturally like 140 pounds, you know, like I've got, I've got some meat on me and I got down to like a hundred and like 15 pounds wow. and on my body type. That does not look healthy. I didn't yeah. feel healthy. Um, you know, I was, I was starting to like lose my memory, my short-term memory. Like I uh -huh. my That's hair was burnout. 
I had brain fog and it was the combination of like, you know, new mom stress, hormones, mm-hmm. even, you know, even becoming a mom, there's a whole like identity death and rebirth and shit mm-hmm. and out, you know, which is a whole other thing. I was breastfeeding. So hormones up and down, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then the stress of a launch. And so I just like, my body started shutting down. My brain started shutting down. Like I couldn't listen to music. If more than one person was talking at once, I couldn't handle it. I was completely overstimulated. I couldn't read anymore. Like literally reading was exhausting and just hurt my brain. I couldn't listen to audio or screen recordings. And I felt like because I didn't know what was happening and like the Mm -hmm. doctors, like your blood work is fine. You know, Mm -hmm. like I didn't, I didn't have hormone testing at the time. This was all happening. So I felt like I was either dying or losing my mind. Cause here I was before a high performer getting things done all the time to now, like I'm literally losing my mind and my memory and I can't get these things done that were so easy for me to do. I can't mm-hmm. get them done anymore. And I feel miserable. Like to this day, I cannot listen to the Slack notification sound that like, oh, yeah. it like makes me bristle because of like everything I was going through at the time. And also like, you know, like I had some really great clients, but you know, the internet marketing industry is not supportive of mental health and, you know, just having like equitable and fair processes and like the way that independent contractors and team are treated. Like there's a whole culture of treating your team like shit, you know, and it's, or, you know, I had friends like yell at me. (laughs) <laughs> you know, for things yeah. like, who are you talking to right now? Like I'm grown. Why, like, why are you yelling at me? So, you know, I just felt like this industry is abusive. I'm being abusive to myself in all these different mm-hmm. ways. You know, at this point, the money's not even worth it. I just, I want to get a job so that I'm at least stable. And like you said, like I can turn it off at the end of the day. I don't have to bring it home with me. You know, it can just sit and be there. Um, and you know, obviously like the way, like I ran my ops at the time and, you know, my business and boundaries with clients and stuff, it doesn't have to look like that for everybody. And it doesn't look like that for me now, you know, but at the time that's what it was. And I feel like a lot of people deal with similar things. And so again, to answer your question, I felt like, um, a job would just be easier and better and better suited for me and what I needed to just start like refiguring things out because, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't working and there was really no conversation or help or resources around like what I was going through and how to make, you know, these shifts uh-huh. in and stuff. So I felt like this isn't worth it. I feel like, I felt like I was going to have a heart attack at any, any day, you know, you know, like that's how ill I was feeling. And so I was ready to just walk away from it all and do something else. And I also didn't realize that, you know, nobody can take your entrepreneurship away from you, Yeah. right? Like all of that work I did, all the experiences I had, like just because you go get a job or you decide I don't want my business anymore, that doesn't mean you're not an entrepreneur anymore, right? That doesn't mean you're not a business owner anymore. And also why do we put so much pride in these titles? right Right? like it's not like it's really not a badge of honor anymore if you are you know degrading your health or you know another big thing why I wanted to step away was I realized like my kids memories of me are going to be of me being behind a computer or my phone in my face trying to like constantly distract him or get him to do something so I could get work done 
that's not how I want to show up as a mom. That's, those aren't the memories I want him to have of me. Like, what am I doing this all for if, you know, I can't show up in the way that I want to show up. So, uh, you know, those, like, it's, you know, a ton of things that were happening, but ultimately those things are what led me to say, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm going to go get a job. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I love you sharing this because when, you know, I recently did a poll on Twitter, I was like saying, you know, if an entrepreneur um, closes their business, sells it, whatever, leaves their business and gets a full-time job, what does that mean? Because a lot of people were associating that with, that means their business failed. And I'm just like, you know, it doesn't mean their business failed or does it mean they're just ready for a change. Right. And we, we forget, right? Like, or like, you know, thank God to, to modern medicine as well as like um, ancient medicine too for allowing us to live these longer lives, right? It's not that we're dying at 40, 50 years old as, you know, as uh, it was in the past. We are living well into our 80s, 90s, 100s. And right. so we can have different lives within the life that we live. And it's our choice to, how do we want to live that phase, right? You could do one thing for 10 years and then decide, you know, it could be a crazy successful millionaire, billionaire entrepreneur and decide, well, I want to work at a company for the next 10 years. I want to just not do anything for the next 10 years. I want to raise children for the next 10 years. And it's always been looked at as this negative thing. If you change the path that everyone recognizes and celebrates for you, instead of looking into your own heart, your own mind and saying, what's the best thing for me from my own opinion? What do I want? And I'm so grateful that now we're being able to have these conversations, these tough conversations about what do I want and when do I want it, right? Do I want to be you know, um, this big seven, eight figure entrepreneur tomorrow, or what if I got what I wanted tomorrow, would it be worth it? Would, would I have peace? Would I have this, this, um, stability that I truly want, or is it just going to be that number? Is it just going to be this like exposure, this fame that people say you want, but then when I actually get it, I can't handle it. So that the overwhelm and drown me. So thank you so much for opening up and sharing that. So now we are coming to the part where I ask, you know, You've shared a few so far, but is there any specific misadventure that you'd like to share around your entrepreneurial journey? And this could be something that, you know, was totally unexpected that worked out really well, or totally unexpected that was just like horrible from start to finish as it, as it takes to being an entrepreneur. So I'd love to hear a story. Yeah. I'll just talk about what I'm going through now, you know, so real time. (laughs) yeah, it's like a perfect segue to what you're, you're talking about because somebody deciding to close their business doesn't mean their business failed. You know, Mm -hmm. all year I've been thinking about closing my business and we did almost a million dollars last year. And it's again, the least I've ever worked, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like technically on paper and everything, it's It's good. Yeah. And it looks crazy to walk away from it. You know, like how do you walk away from what you, you wanted, what you worked so hard to get uh-huh. and you made happen for yourself? How do you walk away from that? Right? Like, <laughs> you know, it sounds nuts, but you know, and I, I've, I've worked with like a lot of like coaches and therapists and stuff uh-huh. to really like learn how to navigate and like have a greater capacity for, you know, handling what's going on, you know, with me. And like, I mentally burnt myself out because as the business started to grow, right, um, I I was doing a few things. I was making myself personally responsible for the livelihood of my very part-time team and for oh. my clients. You know, I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I, I have to keep growing and being able, you know, to pay the team. Obviously, I have that commitment with them. And, you know, I got to make sure, like, the program has this, this, that, whatever, um, so that, you know, I'm doing my part and my clients, you know, they can hit all their goals and stuff. 
And what's hilarious about my program is that it teaches you everything you need to hit your multiple six figures in your business. But you know what the core of it is built on what we're talking about. What do you want and what's going to feel good for you? And what can you actually handle right now? If I sent you six clients right now and they were ready to pay, could you even onboard them right now? And what would their experience look and be like for them right now? Right. Would you feel confident in being able to take them all and then, you know, service them all at once or are there holes and things you need to work on and prepare for that? And so like a good amount of clients will say like, I'm glad I know what to do and I have it set up for that, but I'm actually really happy with where I'm at right now, even if it's not a 10K month, like Mm -hmm. I'm making more, but I have my time back and I have options and freedom. And I think that's what people really want underneath like those 10K months. What they really, really want is lifestyle, financial time and mental freedom and choices right? It's a hundred percent. I have the option to go do that versus feeling like I have to stay here or I have to do that, you know? So it's really not about the 10 K months, but again, for me, I was making it mean if they're not hitting 10 K months, then my program's a failure and I'm a failure and I'm out of integrity. If I'm selling something, that's a failure. Right. When like, yeah, looking back, I'm like, where did that even come from? Like (laughs) talking about client I was coaching like we would work on that like what no that's not what like that means at all so there was that element to it and then I also thought like I could spend my way to hitting seven figures so I was like constantly like reinvesting 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 back into the business and you know it's like wow we're making all this money but like I keep you know putting it back going out right there. back out. Yeah. yeah putting it right back out there. And like, of course, you know, like I had my personal savings, I would pay myself, but it was like stressful to like, Oh, let me keep spending to like, you know, so I can make sure that we stay in business and we can grow and stuff. Um, be like, God, I've never even like really talked to anybody about this, but I, I wish people would talk about this. You know, it's the thing I wish they would talk about because, you know, we spent and we grew and we could have kept spending and stuff. But again, I started to get in my own head about it. And then what else? And then the biggest shift in transition was I grew my audience talking about what I wanted, saying what I wanted, doing what I wanted. I was completely authentic and in flow and myself. And once the business started to grow, I made a shift and I transitioned to creating just to create because I'm in flow to creating for conversion. And now every piece of content has to convert somebody into an application because those are our KPIs. And, you know, I have to keep growing the business. I have to hit seven figures. It's not fun anymore. It doesn't feel good anymore. And then it got to a point where my launches stopped working and I couldn't even finish the launch. Like the previous launch manager, not finishing her launch. Right. Or I couldn't like, even though I was surveying my audience and everybody was telling me what they wanted to hear from me, I couldn't create the content. It would not come out (laughs) like at all. How do I do this? And like, I knew how to do it, but I would sit down and be like, like, it was like a wall in front of my keyboard and I could not get through it. It just would not come out. So, and like looking back, it was, you know, it was my body and my brain shutting down because I wouldn't take the time to sit down and really, you know, ask myself, what do you want? Is this what you want? Do you like this? And so 
after being sat down through burnout, because I would say sit down or get sat down. Like, either way, you're going to have to deal with it, right? Yep. So, you know, after like a lot of like spending a lot of time this year, like getting back physically, mentally healthy, and then being, being able to get in a space where I could actually think and discover what I want. I'm realizing that I love coaching. I love that part of the business, how I was running operations and growing my business. I don't like that part. And at least for right now, I'm never going to be somebody who batch creates a bunch of content right? I'm, I don't like using social media all the time like that. You know, I'm not somebody, if you're into human design, I'm a manifester. So we don't have consistent go, go, go everyday energy. It's very seasonal, cyclical energy. I pop up, say what I got to say, get y'all to take action, get you hyping, going. And then I go chill for weeks, you know? And that sounds like where I'm at. And I, and I would, and I love that word. I'm actually going to look this up because I feel like I've had the same experiences, but I never understood it. So, you know, sorry yeah. to cut you off, but I, I need to go look this up at human design and because I you know I'll do it, I'll go in and I'm going crazy and you know, getting shit done. Like that's my brand. Everybody's like, whoa, yeah. you know, you're doing so great. And then I'm just like, but I'm I'm done now. And then right. they're like more. <laughs> and I'm like, that I'm done. Like I did the thing. And now if you want to talk to me like a, you know, I'll come back later, but I'm I'm done now. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's um I, I, I see that common also with other people who are neurodivergent as well. It's like, I am an awful maintainer. I do not like to maintain anything. I like to like, what's the problem? What do we need to create or fix? Right. Yeah. Bring me in for that shit. Then I'll create the system. I'll, the or I'll organize it. I'll coach you, whatever. But once it's fixed and the system's created, I don't want to touch it ever again. <laughs> You are, it's like you're speaking to my soul right now. Like I've yeah. literally started calling myself rocket fuel. I'm like, I am a rocket fuel. If you have a big thing to do, you need to take, you got to take this rocket off. Let's go. Yeah. I do exactly. not want to be on space, can, you know, you know, eating space food and just chilling in the rocket. I will launch that rocket. Like a, hmm, we're going to yeah. launch, we're going to get it out there. And then I want to go chill for a little and then launch another rocket, not chill in the rocket that I'm on. I'm bored now. Like there's no dopamine anymore for me in that, you know, and there's people who they get their dopamine hit from the maintenance. Like, all right, what's going on each day? Let's take a look. You know, no, that I will die a slow death. I need, <laughs> I need the problems. Like come to me with something, let's fix it or create it. And like, I'm your girl. Um, so what were we talking about? I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> I know, I just We're just talking about, you know, now identifying like, what type of person you are, you know, you went through these this experiences oh, this, yeah. this year, you've been focused on like figuring out who, who do you want, what do you want to do coaching? So I'll, I'll give it back. Yes. yes. So like I've worked with some really, really great coaches and you know, what I'm realizing even as a coach and coaching others and having programs is like, these are, these are recipes, right? Mm -hmm. So like, let's say like you and I, we want apple pie, right? And so we get a recipe, we go buy a recipe from somebody and we both make the apple pie, right? We follow the ingredients. We buy like the same type of apples by the same brand, right? And we follow it perfectly to the T. I bet you that apple pie is going to taste different. Mine versus yeah. yours, right? They're going to yeah. taste different. And then I might love that apple pie. And you might be like, no, like <laughs> something's <laughs> off, but I don't like this recipe at all. And it's the same with like advice and programs and coaching. It's, you know what? I'm in this isn't for you to take and replicate exactly to the T because energetically 
it's not for you, right? This mm-hmm. is what's worked for me. And it didn't even work, you know, perfectly, we'll say, right? There's always pros and cons and tweaks and edits to make. So instead, I want you to learn the recipe, create your own recipe. And from my recipe, just grab some ingredients that you like, but make it your own recipe, you know? And so like, I'm realizing that with even advice. So like with social media, like, you know, you need three to five reels a week and three carousel posts. You got to engage for 30 minutes on this one app and then repeat the shit all over again on four other apps. And you need a hundred pieces of content a week. You're never going to get that from me. (laughs) Like, you know, so now I'm looking at how do I break all the rules or just ignore all the rules and start from scratch and really start to tune in? What do I want to do? Right. Mm -hmm. What do I want to do? Because first and foremost, this is advice based off of the average. Right. And there's nothing average about me or what I do. So Mm -hmm. that's not even going to apply to me. And also like, you know, Gary V, however you feel about him and his, you know, him and his company and stuff, his advice is based off of what he does. And he has a huge ass team and budget to make a (laughs) hundred pieces of content a week happen. (laughs) You know? So it's like, why are we trying to execute advice that logistically and financially isn't even feasible for where we're at in business? Hello. You know? <laughs> so, okay. So, and then also being neurodivergent, a lot of the advice, especially productivity advice, isn't applicable. It doesn't work for me. I am not a single white man with like just a single white man, no kids, like nothing much going on, you know, outside of like my day to day. Like, I'm a mixed black woman. In the U.S., a single mother, (laughs) the eldest of seven, (laughs) you know, like. You already started like 40 40 meters behind. (laughs) Right. Mental health, neurodivergent and stuff. So like none of this advice takes into consideration my variables and my unique circumstances. So instead of fighting my brain or trying to, you know, box myself into a structure or advice that really never even considered me and what I have going on. Why don't I just observe how do I naturally work? How does my brain naturally work and build a business and systems and life to support that instead of making myself wrong and judging myself and bullying myself because I don't fit into this white guy system of what they say works. You know, also men like their body and hormones reset every 24 hours where women, you know, if you, you menstruate, you have, I don't know, I'm probably saying this all wrong with like all the stuff going on. Now. <laughs> forgive me. I'm trying to learn, but I'm not getting it right. And I know that right now, but I'll, well, I'll speak for myself. Right. Okay. Yeah. I ovulate. <laughs> <laughs> so tracking my cycle, right. I have two, I have PMS week where I'm very, very tired. Not much gets done. I have mm-hmm. menstruation week where I'm kind of tired, but my focus and productivity are a little bit better. I have ovulation week where I am fertile and like my energy is really, really high and clear and I mm-hmm. can get a lot of stuff done. And then I have like that in between follicular week where I'm like normal. I'll say we're we're human one week a month. That's it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not heightened. I'm not sleeping. I'm not pissy. I'm like, I'm doing all right. You know, and you know, our hormones fluctuate daily and monthly depending on what's going on. So that hustle advice shit physically isn't going to work for me because my body can't even maintain that and do that. I get one week, maybe where I might be able to hustle 24 seven. And then, you know, we shut down shop for my body to do what my body does. So instead I'm more so looking at now, like, 
I'm just documenting and tracking how I naturally am and how I can start to tailor things around that. So I know marketing is important, but social media marketing is one way to market your business. There's over a hundred ways to market your business. So, okay, if I don't really like social media like that and I don't really want to create all that content, what do I really love doing? If, it, if I had to pick one to three things I love doing with my business, what do I love to do? I love, I love to coach. Like right now, I love to coach, right? Okay, so how can I do that? How can I incorporate that into my marketing still show up? You know, I've mm-hmm. released the seven-figure goal. I, I know I'll get there one day, however it needs to happen, but I'm not pushing for it. And that's another Ooh. thing for women especially like, you know, black and brown women is why are we pushing? You know, why do we flow feels much better? Why have we decided pushing is the way to get what we want? What if we just received? Uh What if we received and flowed and really were in our natural element? And, you know, there, there are times throughout the day in your business where it makes sense to push and be more in your masculine. And there's times and days in your business where it makes sense to being your more feminine and your more receptive state. But what happens with us high performance, ambitious women, especially black women is because of our programming and what we hear all of our lives is you have to work 10 times harder. Go, 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 make it happen. You're strong, right? You got to work 10 times harder to even get an opportunity to even be, you know, Uh recognized at all considered. And I'm at the point where, of course, I have a ton of privilege as well, right? So, you know, I'm speaking from that lens of, you know, my life and perception. But, you know, I've decided for me, I'm not pushing, I'm not proving, I'm not persuading, I'm not convincing, you know, I'm going to show up and coach. So it's doing things like this where I can, you know, and I don't like pre-recorded because I have to prep, (laughs) right? But for conversations like this, I can just come and talk, right? I can talk. Or, you know, for my marketing, all right, I can coach once a week and do it live. And I can do Twitter spaces, Instagram, I can cross stream with two devices and, you know, let that be that. And down the line, we can repurpose that content if and when, Mm -hmm. you know, I put a team in place to make that happen. But I'm at least showing up. I can then email that to my list, right? Where, all right, cool. I don't have to come up with this, like, I can convoluted storytelling emails. Look, this is what we talked about this week. If you need help with that or you're interested in that, go watch the recording, right? Let me know what you think. And so I'm showing up once a week. I'm coaching. So people get to experience what it's like to coach with me, right? Whether I'm doing it with them on the live or they're getting it by way of listening. I'm putting myself in front of my audience or someone else's audience and, you know, call inviting in like, hey, if you like my vibe and my flow and you need help with these things, then check me out. That's it. Keeping it that simple. And man, I tell you, shit's really turned around. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. I hear it. (laughs) Because, you know, as recent as like early April of this year, I was again, burnt out. And, but this time it was like, I was seeing it physically on my body where my hair was like shedding, falling out, falling out, falling out. I was sleeping. I was getting enough rest, but I was still exhausted. I was blocked. Couldn't come up with content, you know, outside of like, and I think also there's like a a misperception about, you know, depression and anxiety and burnout is I was functioning. I was still able to work for clients and coach. I was able to get the critical things done for business. I just didn't, I couldn't do extra, Mm -hmm. right? I couldn't do extra, you know? So, or maybe it's just because I love coaching so much. That was like my one thing to hold on to. (laughs) 
you know, we're like, oh, I can't get out of that for that. Um, and you know, my skin was like breaking out crazy, like all over my face, my your chest, body will tell you arms, mm-hmm. my legs. I had like acne everywhere where I didn't even know you could get acne. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm out of my teens. So, you know, I've never really had like issues with acne outside of, you know, around, you know, my mm-hmm. period and stuff. So I'm like, I like, I'm not only like feeling the stress mentally, I'm, I'm physically seeing it on my body. Like something has to change. Like you're killing yourself, you know, with yeah. the stress of scaling this business, but also not taking the time to give yourself space and pause from all this pushing and ask yourself, what do you want? And if you would have asked me what I wanted a few weeks ago, I would tell you, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what I want, what it could look like, what it, what I need. You asked me and it's a blank screen. I am like that burnt out. I have no idea what I want. So, but you know, now I'm starting to get more clear and I'm allowing myself to shift. And, you know, I announced like, we're not doing enrollments right now for my program because I don't know what I want it to look like and how I want to deliver it right now. Right. Like it's on self-study. You can do it yourself, but I have to restructure some things and really understand, you know, what do I want for the program and how do I yeah. want to show up in the program and how do I want to deliver the program, you know, and how do I want to market the program and so on and so forth. Um, and also, you know, I, I realized like I'm tired of talking about the business stuff I was talking about, you know, yeah. like, the whole damn program. on it. Like <laughs> it's all in there. There's like three years worth of content out there. You know, like I am done talking about, you know, this shit over and over again. I want to talk about mindset. I want to talk about like the conversation we're having now, right? Mm-hmm. It's like as amazing as entrepreneurship has been, you know, what's the, some of the not so amazing stuff about it? Or, you mm-hmm. know, like I tell my clients, don't be in a rush to quit your job. <laughs> like, I tell people that all the time. People look at me like, why? But like, do not, do not do yeah. it. So you, you know, be yeah. strategic, you know, especially now with like the pandemic, inflation and stuff, you know, a, a lot of people made like a lot of investments or business decisions based off of 2020 and 2021 and 2022, we're seeing completely different things. You know, even yeah. for us, we weren't enrolling as fast as we were in 2020. Like, I feel like we couldn't stop enrolling people in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of 2021, that started to shift and change and things got slow. Well, they mm-hmm. felt slow, you know? So it's like, and for people who quit their job and again, got rid of that five to six figure revenue stream, because your job is a revenue stream, right? Mm-hmm. If you're an entrepreneur, think of your job like that. Your job is just a client. Yeah, That's it. exactly. Your job is just the client. Take what you learned in business and what you do and apply it to your job and automate, buy back some of your time, put in those systems and processes, you know, like it doesn't have to be this miserable thing unless it is a miserable thing. And then you find another job. So, um, but you know, it's like there, there are benefits to having a job, even if it's just, you know, you know what, I don't have to pay a thousand dollars a month in private insurance for myself and my child (laughs) that much a month, you know, or, you know, that when that tax bill comes, or maybe your business is, you know, very part-time, but it's your savings and investments for the month. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is your plan. Like, you know, I want to spend my salary, how I want to spend it but my business is at least taking care of my future for those of us who are like eldest or only children, you know, black and Brown, we we probably have to take care of our parents when they start to age. Right. Yeah. So it's like, and then ourselves and then our kids. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So, so the it's whole like, system. <laughs> so it's like your business, like you don't have to be, you know, this big seven figure business. Your business can just set you up for retirement and for your future. Or, you know, if you do have a depressive cycle that lasts a year, right? Mm-hmm. And you save. And now, you know, the savings from your business is taking care of that where you can't take a year off and just heal and get better, you know? So it doesn't have to look like what you see on Twitter or online, or, you know, you don't have to have this giant team, all these expenses. I'm a big believer in you can build a seven figure business being solo, working very, very part-time and not doing a bunch of this stuff without doing ads or social media, you mm-hmm. know, there are, there's tons of people who do it, yeah. you know, so it's when you look. <laughs> For that proof and evidence, or are you looking for what you like influencer? Yeah, mm-hmm. to look yeah. like an influencer with the fast cars traveling every day. There are certain people that I've come across, and I've even interviewed here on the podcast that you go to their website. Um, and it's not a business, like literally, you go to their website, you see people out there, and they, their website looks like it's straight out of like 1999, you know, 1981. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, last year we did 5.2 million. I said, huh, huh, mm-hmm. huh. You have no social media presence. You're not all over every stage. Your website looks like God knows what. Yeah. It's not the newest font. It's not the fanciest. You're not making how. And it's because they built up that stability. You know, this is work that's happened. Let's say they do have a 1999 website. They started a business in 1995. And it's now, what, 27 years? So they've been working at it at a stable pace, getting customers, word of mouth. All of that stuff will always work better. Even if you're on social, it's the word of mouth. You know, my friend shares it with her friend and they share it with their friend. They resonate. That word of mouth is getting out there. So there's way more strategic and healthier ways. I want to say healthier ways to do this stuff and hit the goals that you want to hit. And so, you know, we're coming to the end. So I want to ask you, you know, um, we talked a little bit about it, but what are some specific tools that you use to help um, manage your mental health while going through, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a person that is a doer? What are some tools that you use to maintain your mental health or just wellness overall? The first is I really had to like kind of keep my stuff away from like family because, Mm -hmm. you know, again, like there is a stigma around medication and therapy Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting outside help. And so, you know, I, I didn't want any type of outside influence when I knew I needed help, you know, and I didn't, I just didn't have capacity for like any comments or being talked out of knowing I needed to get help, you know? And mm-hmm. so I did therapy. I I'm not on like my anxiety or oh, I'm on anxiety meds as needed, but I don't take my depression medication anymore, but I was open and willing to try them because I wasn't able to get myself out of the funk. I wasn't mm-hmm. able to, I felt myself getting worse and it was starting to get scary, you know? So my, my, my mindset was like, I'm going to try it and see if it'll help. And, you know, let my psychiatrist know that my goal isn't to stay on it long-term. I do want to get off of it eventually if, you know, that's what we decide is part of my treatment plan. But I know I need something to just make that shift and change, you know? And so, you know, medication was very, very helpful. And just, even if it was like numbing and, you know, turning off the bad feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, just that piece was incredibly helpful for me. Um, you know, starting ADHD medication, life changing, <laughs> not in the sense that like, I'm more productive or like, cause you know, my, my dosage is like small, you know, it's like mm-hmm. five milligrams once or twice a day of Adderall. And it's not about like, Oh, I have this like 
you know, intense urge to get all the things done. What it actually does for me is like, it shuts down all the voices in my head. Right. So it's like, it's me in my head, but I'll be like, all right, so what do we have to do today? We have to do this. Did you go buy groceries? Oh, we uh, silos need strawberries. So go add that to the Instacart in the app. And oh my God, what are these cords doing on the floor? Let me wrap those up and put those away. And you know, it's like, it's that constantly at the same time, all those Mm -hmm. things at once. And so for me, what the Adderall does is it basically shuts everybody the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) And we can do one thing and finish the one thing and then move on to the next thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it allows me to better focus and I can naturally leverage my skills of getting things done without trying to get everything done all the time at once, you know? So it's like, on laundry day, I actually get my laundry done. I don't start it. And then it sits in the washer and, you know, I got to rewash it because it's been in there for four hours and smells weird now. You know, it's like, I I'm just more on top of my stuff or, and it's also helped my memory with remembering things or remembering to write them down in my planner. So, and you know, like people feel how they feel about medication. You know, I'm, I love natural remedies. You know, I love eating clean. And I think that's all a part of my treatment plan as well. So, you know, making sure that I'm eating clean, that I'm eating nutritionally dense foods, I'm getting enough rest. I'm hydrating throughout the day. Uh, I take some supplements to, you know, help combat like, you know, Mm -hmm. my hair shedding and stuff, because when I get stressed or depressed, I don't eat enough, right? I don't eat enough. And then like, if I'm really stressed, I'll eat shitty you know, order Chick-fil-A or <laughs> sugar, you know, to overcompensate, yes. to feel like, to feel something. So, you know, like my hair started to fall out because like, I'm not getting nutrients, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're not putting anything in your body or, and I have this water bottle, it's called like the hydrate bottle and it's not cheap. It's like 60 bucks, but mm. it lights up throughout the day and reminds me to drink my water because another symptom of ADHD is object impermeance. So if I don't physically see it, or if I'm hyper-focusing on something, I -hmm. forget my brain doesn't register and stop and say, Hey, you're thirsty or Hey, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or Hey, like you haven't eaten anything, you know, it's 10 hours have gone by and I'm starving and famished and like lightheaded, you know, Mm -hmm. my, my executive functioning is off. So instead is, okay, I, my business now helps me to have these tools and hacks that allow me to remember to take care of myself. It's not a matter of like, I don't want to, and I don't value it. It's my brain literally (laughs) to do it. Um, And, you know, having calendar, uh, calendar reminders. So like I block off an hour for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I don't schedule calls during that time. And I step away from the computer and go downstairs to eat. And phone reminders also at the same time. So like alarms on my phone to go do things or like before our call, I had a five minute reminder go off and I do it every day. I log into my computer. I look at my calendar. I look at the calls for the day. I set my five minute reminders for the day. Nice. Once that alarm goes off, I stop everything I'm doing and I log into zoom and I just (laughs) have it open it up. So I'm not late. Um, you know, so like, those are other ways where I mentioned, where I mentioned like I know I'll forget because I'll hyper-focus and I don't like being late. That causes me a lot of anxiety and guilt. So how can I create systems and structures, even though it's redundant, even though there are reminders everywhere, how can I help myself be great? Right. How can I help me help me to feel better? Um, And so, you know, um, I'm like being long-winded now, but these are things that really have helped me. Yeah, no problem. Um, 
something also with ADHD is like decision fatigue. So I'll go buy the healthy groceries and the food, but I'll be so overwhelmed with like what to cook and prepare and stuff that a lot of the food was going to waste. You know, I was wasting a lot of food because I was just overwhelmed by what to cook or I hyper-focused for too long. And now it's 10 o'clock at night and I don't feel like making a whole meal. (laughs) So now I use HelloFresh and I go, I get like, I don't know, I ordered like for five times a week and they, they send you exactly what you need for that meal. There's instructions. You pick what you want. They're actually good meals. My son loves them. So (laughs) I order he doesn't eat a full serving and neither do I, I don't think, but I order enough to basically have leftovers for the next day. So that's my lunch okay. for the day. Dinner's taken care of. I feel like a good mom because I'm not ordering delivery every day. And like, he doesn't, <laughs> he probably doesn't care, but for me, it was important <laughs> for him to have memories of me actually yeah. making something, <laughs> you know, home cooked meals. <laughs> so uh, I do that for dinner and then, and for lunch. So it'll like lean over mm-hmm. to lunch and for breakfast. I use a local meal prep company and they, they basically just bring me oatmeal <laughs> and it's in a container and, you know, I grab it and go. And so throughout my like personal and business life, I'm always looking at how can I make things grab and go? So I set my alarm, I grab it, I go, I do what I need to do, but I'm not overwhelming myself or wasting food or time by, you know, mm-hmm. I have all these ingredients. So like, what am I going to put? I don't know. Maybe this, maybe that size. What do you want? I don't know. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. right now. So, you know, using my business to really let me buy back my time, buy back my mental sanity, you know, like have a housekeeper come and she part of, you know, what we agreed on is she helps me with laundry. You know, Mm -hmm. I have no problem washing it and drying it, but she'll fold it and put it away for me, you know, or, you know, making sure that the house is clean so I can maintain throughout the week. Cause I don't really like cleaning at all, to be honest. It's not my ministry. A hundred percent. Yes. My family, yeah. you know, we're Caribbean. So they, they're like, you don't like to clean. I'm like, my skill is tech, computer system. Yes. Yeah, you call me, <laughs> the phone not working. This, you need to send an order flowers. Literally, I had somebody call me yesterday that support them with ordering flowers for a graduation. I'm like, this is when you call me. When things yes. are not, you know, the mess stuff, you know, I'd love to yes. call y'all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, know, so, you know, I'm gonna do what I do. You do what you do. That's not for me. <laughs> exactly. So my business allows me to focus on like what I have fun and enjoy doing and all the other things, even in personal life, my business pays to take care of those things. Yep. And I think especially for like, cause I, I work with a lot of black women also, and it's really working with them to shift their mindset around again, receiving that help. You're not less of a wife, a mother, or a business owner because you're getting help. Take Mm -hmm. off the cake, right? Take off the cake because we're feeling ourselves (laughs) trying to do it all and be this like caricature of like, oh yeah, I do it all. I handle it all. Like, no, I don't do it all. I don't handle any, I don't handle shit. My team handles that. (laughs) They do this. Like, all I do is I coach, I connect with people and I talk and I make people aware of, you know it's okay to be yourself and to create a life and a business around being yourself. And the more of yourself you are and show up, the more you invite in dope ass clients to work with cool people to work with, cool people to connect and network with, you know, like it all just starts to work and you're left with a life and a business of doing what you really love and enjoy. So that when it's time to be mom, when it's time to be wife, when it's time to just be you, you have mm-hmm. the space and the time to do that and be present and fully enjoy it instead of having your mind pulled in all these directions or, you know, 
building up resentment points with yourself and people in your life because you've decided you have to do all this shit you don't want to (laughs) do. I love that. It's like, I said, I got to do it all. So I'm going to do it. And it's just, you keep up with this stereotype that just does not feel good to you anymore. And what I really want to point out in a lot of, in what you just said, you know, I I have to help me help me. And that is so, so, so important. Um, We're coming to the end of the show and I want to ask you, you know, what advice or, um, you know, advice, inspiration or motivation do you have for the audience? If they took nothing from this episode or I, you know, I think I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to split these into because we dropped way too many gems. Guys, <laughs> hope y'all were taking notes. I talked you know, a lot. I took my meds. No, but that, but you know, that's the beauty of it. And that's what I really want to have people get from this show. You know, um, I could have taught, had people focus on like super their business, but I think there's enough content out there about your business. If you want to learn about the business, yeah. go read my bio. But what about the person, the, the people that are making this happen? There's so much pressure, stress, anxiety, and we have to talk and get have these tough conversations about what it's really like because there's such a foggy mirror out there where everybody wants to be this influencer, this um, stereotype or stereotypical, you know, everybody wants to be Gary Vee and be on TV and do all these things. And I'm like, do you even know what it looks like? Do you right. even know what it takes? Or is that even what you really, really want once you know what the, once you know what the task like, list ah. of the day-to-day is for that? Is that, you got a hundred clients. You say, oh, I want to be a seven, say, I want to make a billion dollars. Okay, cool. Here's a hundred clients. Can you handle that? Right. Do you want to handle that? So, you right. know, I really you appreciate it. Yeah, we went like to have a hundred mm-hmm. people looking to you. You for answers. For advice <laughs> and help and your, even your opinion. Like it's a lot, mm-hmm. it's a lot. And so, you know, also with my clients, I tell them, stop treating your social media followers as a number and think of them as people. They are people, they are souls, right? And if you had, like you say, oh, I only have a hundred people on my email list. Well, what if you only had a hundred people in your house? How would you feel about that? Would that feel like only a hundred people or would you be like, God damn, there are a hundred people in my house. What am I going to do? Right? So it's like, stop compare. And then for like service-based businesses, we don't need massive audiences to have successful, you know, high revenue businesses. You really, mm-hmm. really don't. If you do, you're not pricing yourself, you know, you're right, not pricing yeah. enough. You're not pricing at where you should be pricing yourself. You know, it's like, we only really need a handful of audience and a handful of people to have a long-term sustaining business. We're taking all this advice and looking at numbers of people who are playing a, the volume game right? Mm-hmm. Where they don't want to do service. They don't really want to coach. It's like, it's about product and program where you do need the volume at a certain price point. If that's not your business model and that's not what you want, why are you taking what they're doing and putting all this pressure behind your own business model and what you want? Or is it that you're like me and you went, you go with the flow so much that, and you don't ever set a vision or take time to think about what you want, that you end up, you end up finding alignment by flowing into a bunch of shit that you don't want. Because that's one way to figure out what you want (laughs) is by experiencing a bunch of things you don't want because you don't take time to figure out or just decide what you do want. Uh-huh. you know I'm done with that this year too like no, I don't care what I want <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what advice so what advice would you want to leave with folks is it like to get really clear you know how could they how could they do some of this so I would say that my advice for all of you is like your best business strategy your niche the thing that makes you different the thing that's going to make you success is 
being yourself, asking yourself what you want and giving it to yourself and being relentlessly selfish about taking care of and prioritizing yourself. Mm. And uh, I was just having this conversation with somebody where it's like, your kids, your man, your business, your job, your friends, whatever, none of them get to reach in your cup and scoop, right? Mm -hmm. You used to be taking such good care of yourself that you were overflowing and all these different things are (laughs) holding their cup under you, catching the overflow. But if at any point anybody has to reach into you and scoop from your cup, that is how you know, no, wait, hold on, pause, yeah. right? I need to, I need to create overflow. And that's by taking care of myself, honoring what I want, honoring what I don't want, creating and enforcing and holding boundaries and, you know, not internalizing or making changes because of how people react to me taking care of myself or setting boundaries. Even clients, if a client doesn't want to respect your boundaries, that's not the client for you anymore. It's exactly. time to replace them with somebody who is probably going to pay you more and is happy to that you have boundaries and is happy to know what they are and respect them for you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that's my advice. It's not the to-do list. It's not the marketing strategy, the operation strategy, none of that. Cause you'll find you're doing all those things and you still, something feels off. Something's not right. I don't feel good. Or, you know, I'm, the numbers are great, but I feel like shit. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. You know, I, I have resentment towards my clients where they email me and I'm, I get pissed. You know, yeah. those are all signs that it's time to start taking care of yourself. And it's not about the business strategy. It's about the you strategy. What is your recipe for wellness? Okay. Right? What is your recipe for greatness? And, you know, I say rest is productive. It's not all about the doing. You know, it's productive. So what do you want and how are you going to give it to yourself starting today, right now? Thank you so, so much. And I want to highlight something that you said, create overflow. You have to get that rest. You have to feed into yourself. I'm going to come back. I'm going to say it again. You said this earlier, help me, help me. You have to help yourself. And there's this quote that, um, like my mom, she's, you know, we're Jamaican. And so she would say this thing. She's just like, if sick not care, doctor not care. And what that means is that if the sick person doesn't care, how can the doctor care? How can they help you? And so you have to acknowledge, like, I am not okay. We are not okay. And what are we going to do about that? And then the help, you know, then you can truly seek help and get the help because you're ready to receive it and create that overflow, rest and rejuvenate yourself. So thank you so much for being here on the show with us today, Ari. And folks that are listening, um, her information is going to be in the description box below. If you're watching on um, YouTube, you could definitely check the, uh, the yeah description or show notes. If it's a podcast show notes, if it's YouTube, the description box to connect with her on social media, um, connect with her on her website or her newsletter. But, you know, there were, was a lot of information, critical information in this episode um, that talked about, you know, what it really means to be doing the most and the benefits as well as the negatives of that that we don't see in every day. So again, thank you, Ari, and thank you everyone for listening. And we will see you in another episode of Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week, same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.